This SEO strategy that we're going to cover today is used by many of the world's top websites to drive millions or tens of millions of visitors every month. It's really simple and it's evergreen, meaning that you do this work once and you can use it to get traffic for years. Now we do it for our clients too, and it can be a fantastic source of business when it's done right. Oh, and by the way, it also works really well if you're in an uber competitive space and you're struggling to compete for the most competitive keywords. Now that you're on tenterhooks, let's go. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim, I'm CEO at Exposure Ninja, and this show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales through your website. And in this episode, we are covering a particular SEO strategy that masterclass.com is using to generate more than $7 million worth of organic search traffic every single month through their website. So rather than take you through all the theory and stuff first, what we're going to do is I'm going to talk you through exactly how Masterclass is doing it. Then we're going to look at how we could tweak this model slightly to improve it further. And we're going to talk about how you can start applying this to your business, whatever space you're in. And by the way, if you want to watch the video version of this, then you can head over to our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Exposure Ninja and you'll see it. There are loads of videos on there. To be honest, we've been blowing up a little bit lately on the old YouTube. So check it out if you haven't already. Okay. So first thing that we're going to do to start talking through this strategy is we're going to head over to SEMrush and we're going to have a look at where masterclass.com gets most of its traffic. Now, if you don't know Masterclass, then you've probably not been on social media for the last three years because they've been advertising really, really heavily. Basically, it's an education site. So they have got lots of different courses about different topics. So you can learn to cook with Gordon Ramsay, or you can learn to play the drums with Questlove or Ringo Starr. I've never thought Ringo Starr is a particularly good drummer. But anyway, this is the wrong podcast for that. So you can learn all of these different videos. They're all really nicely presented. Oh, Photography with Annie Leibovitz is an absolute beast of a course. But you can learn photography or you can learn any of these different things with these world-class experts and all the courses are presented really nicely they look all slick and hollywood they're all beautifully lit it's a real treat going through these and their business model is that they will sell you a uh, subscription. So this is an annual subscription. It's about $180, I think, in in the US. And then you get access to all of the courses on the platform. So that's what Masterclass is. Now, when we have a look in SEMrush or any SEO tool at what masterclass.com is ranking for organically, we notice that they are driving a huge amount of traffic. We're talking 10 million visits per month in the US alone. Um, for around 2.1 million different keywords with estimated traffic cost of $7.4 million. In other words, if they were paying to get this sort of traffic through Google Ads, then they'd be paying in the region of $7.4 million. So they're doing all right with their SEO. But when we have a look at the keywords that they're ranking for, we notice something really interesting. Yes, they're getting a lot of traffic for people searching for Masterclass, on average about 165K per month uh, for the phrase Masterclass. But they're also getting a lot of traffic for things like how many teaspoons in a tablespoon, how many cups in a gallon, situational irony, treble cleth, how many teaspoons in a tablespoon, what colors make brown, pathos, anti-hero, tarot, effect versus effect, literary devices, figurative language. They are ranking for so many different keywords. And on the surface of it, lots of this stuff can feel a little bit disconnected. So what's really going on here? And why are they using whatever they, whatever, why are they doing this? Why are they bothering to rank for something like situational irony? What is the point? Well, as you start digging in, you realize that whilst these keywords and these phrases are across a huge range of topics, all of these topics are topics that Masterclass has content on. So situational irony, well, this is a writing device and they have loads of different writing courses or treble cleft. They've got lots of courses about music. How many teaspoons in a tablespoon? They've got loads of different courses about cooking. 
And as you start to study more and more, you realize that actually a content topic, like how many teaspoons in a tablespoon, is quite an interesting topic for Masterclass to rank for. When you go on the page that's ranking for this, you'll see it's an article in their food category in the articles section of their website at masterclass.com forward slash articles. And this is a really nicely formatted piece of content. The title is how many teaspoons in a tablespoon measurement conversion chart. Then we've got some information about how to convert tablespoons to teaspoons, but we've also got various calls to action thrown throughout this piece. We've got an invitation at the top of the page to join a course or learn more about a course by Massimo Bottura uh, about modern Italian cooking. There we go. I know, I know our Italian listeners are going to love my pronunciation. Then we've got a little CTA block further down the page where it's, it invites you to learn from the best. There's courses from Massimo, Gordon Ramsay, Aaron Franklin, teaching Texan style barbecue. We've got uh, Yotam Otolenghi teaching Middle Eastern cooking. We've got Thomas Keller teaching cooking techniques three, seafood. So what we've got is we've got a content topic, a piece of, you know, an article, which is broadly about cooking. And then we've got a whole bunch of calls to action for people who are interested in cooking to take or find out information about a masterclass course. We've then got other sidebar CTAs with their food courses. And we've even got another CTA further down the page in the sidebar with other articles in this topic. So for example, a breakfast recipes compilation, how to cook salmon with Gordon Ramsay, uh, the halloumi cheese guide, four tips for cooking with halloumi. So if I'm into cooking and I've searched Google for how many teaspoons in a tablespoon, I land on this page, I'm immediately being shown courses about cooking. I get the information and the answer that I wanted, but I also get the opportunity to join Masterclass. So this makes sense, mostly. We'll come back to that in a second. Because the people who are searching for teaspoon versus tablespoon or how many teaspoons in a tablespoon, these are people who are literally in cooking, right? They have opened up a recipe. They don't know what the little symbol means. They've only got a tablespoon and they need to measure something in teaspoons or vice versa. Like they are actually cooking. So we know that this audience is in that space. Then because we've got the CTAs positioned all around the page, if they want to sign up, they can. Masterclass is also running the Facebook pixel on this page, so it could then retarget people who land on this page with ads specific to cooking, which it looks like they do. If we have a look in the Facebook ad library for Masterclass, we can see that they have plenty of ads focused on cooking. And if I'm landing on this page, I would then expect to see ads in my Facebook, in my Instagram, in Messenger about cooking and cooking techniques and that type of thing. So that's their model. What they've done is they've taken every single topic that their courses cover, for example, uh, writing, home and lifestyle, wellness, food, design and style, arts and entertainment, music, business, science and tech, sports and gaming. They've taken every single one of these topics and they've pulled out hundreds of questions, subtopics, which their content team has then written up into articles. Semra shows that they've got over 13,300 of these different articles. And these aren't just like 150 words of crap. These are like decent articles, three, four, 500 words. A lot of them are ranking position one. Now, some of these, the highest performing articles, they're bringing in tens of thousands of visitors per month. Teaspoons in a tablespoon, estimated to be bringing in 194,000 visitors per month, according to Semrush. Some other topics like how to French kiss, <laughs> 31,000 topics. I'm curious to know which course is being pitched there, but possibly something on romance or dating or personal style or whatever, right? So they've got these articles, they're ranking for thousands of keywords. You know, how many teaspoons in a tablespoon is ranking for 7,600 different keywords and bringing in almost 200,000 monthly visitors in the US alone, the net effect of all of this across all of these 13,300 different pieces is that they're bringing in, just the article section on their website is bringing in $6.8 million of traffic per search, organic search traffic in the US alone. An estimated 9.5 million monthly viewers to the articles on masterclass.com. And all of these 
are categorized by their interests to match the course topics that they have. Okay, huge. This is huge. Now, not only is it huge because they've then got the opportunity to sell courses to all of these people, not only is it huge because they've invested the time to write these articles once and they're now going to be getting that traffic volume or close as, so long as Google doesn't do something with its algorithm, they're going to be getting that traffic every month until text search stops being the predominant search method. But they're also genius because they've now got, if they want to throw these audiences into Facebook, they've now got really large targeted audiences to run their retargeting ads to or their Google remarketing ads to. If you like French kissing, you're going to love this course on how to French kiss or how to be romantic or whatever it might be, right? If you like information about treble clefs, you're going to like this course on songwriting or writing music or playing music or whatever. So that's the model. That's the genius behind this. They've got this fantastic audience that's coming to the website every single month and they can remarket, they can retarget to it nice and easy. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. I can see what you're thinking or I can hear what you're thinking. I can sense it through your AirPods. But Tim, how is somebody searching for how many teaspoons in a tablespoon qualified to sign up for a course membership site? Just because they need to know how many teaspoons are in a tablespoon doesn't mean they're going to drop $180 to learn from Gordon Ramsay on how to be a chef. That's quite a leap, Tim. Yes, just because someone's cooking, it doesn't mean they're actually interested in taking courses on cooking. I will 1000% agree with you. So what's the benefit of having 9.5 million visitors who may not even be targeted landing on your website every month? They're gonna be paying a monster hosting fee for this. So what's the actual benefit to the business? Well, here's the thing. Masterclasses Venture Backed, it's raised a total of $461 million, according to Crunchbase. In fact, their Series F in 2021, I think, raised $225 million at a pre-money valuation of $2.5 billion. So Masterclass has cash and lots of it. And what they are doing with that cash is they are investing in building assets, including they're building more courses, which they can monetize forever, but they're investing in building these marketing assets. Now, the article section on their website will bring in millions of visitors per month every month for the foreseeable future. Even if they stopped all investment in it today, those visitors would continue coming. And as long as they're monetizing even a tiny percentage of those visitors, those are signups that cost nothing from here to get. Those are signups. These are marketing assets that will bring Masterclass new signups every single month until something dramatic changes about SEO. You know, people have been predicting that voice search is going to take over since I don't know what, 2016, 2017, still not here yet. But at some point, something's going to change until their masterclass is monetizing this traffic every single month. So they've invested in building this once and they will monetize it forever. But remember, that's not all. Masterclass is spending a huge amount of money on their social media ads. It looks like they are testing potentially dozens of different pieces of content per day in their social, different types of ad creative videos and that type of stuff. So they're investing a lot of money in their social ads anyway. Anything they can do at this level to improve the performance of those ads will be worthwhile. So if they give Facebook these huge topical audiences like Facebook, here's our cooking audience, we want to target people like this, that will improve Facebook's targeting algorithms to improve the performance of the masterclass ads and reduce their waste. So even if they're just using this as a way of building out their social ad audiences, it's not a bad thing to do and it's likely that it's going to get a decent ROI given the amount that they're spending. Now, that's not to say they couldn't make this strategy even better and even more productive, but we will come back to that in a minute. Trust me, I've got some ideas for them. Now, we've also used this exact knowledge-based strategy for various clients, including uh, one of our SaaS clients, great business called Clearview, run by a beast called Stuart. We've worked with Stuart since even before Clearview was launched on their SEO. And the traffic that we've helped drive to their website through exactly this strategy means that they've proven their concept in a very new industry and actually they were bought out last year for 26 million pounds in cash. So this stuff works and it works for huge companies with massive, massive backing 
like Masterclass, and it works for startup businesses like Clearview was, who might be targeting an exit or might be just targeting making it a cash flow business, whatever. This stuff works, and we've done it a lot. And by the way, if you want some help with your digital marketing, the team here at Exposure Ninja can give you some free help through our free website and digital marketing review. I know a lot of people listen to this podcast who haven't requested their review, so this is your notice. You need to request this review. It is absolutely sick. So go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request your free review today. What will happen is you'll see a questionnaire which will ask you a bit of info about your business and your marketing goals. Once you fill that in, that questionnaire will go to one of our team who will then record your video showing you how to improve the amount of traffic you're getting to your site. Uh, piggyback on what your competitors are doing well, copy that, exploit that, and also what they're leaving, or the gaps that they're leaving so you can exploit those vulnerabilities, and it will show you how to generate more leads and sales over the next six to 12 months. So it's awesome, it's completely free, there's no obligation to use our service, there's no like trick where we sign you up for some five million pound a month thing that you can't cancel. There's none of that. We don't ask for any payment details or anything. Just go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request your free marketing review today. Okay, so let's talk about how you do this for your website. And then we're going to talk about how you can take this to another level, how Masterclass would level this up even further. And by the way, this process works for virtually any business. So it doesn't matter what you sell. As long as you're selling to people who are interested in buying stuff, then it works. There are some businesses that this isn't really optimal for. So I'm thinking, you know, the locksmith. You're not going to be signing someone up in the hope that one day they might need a locksmith, right? That's not how those businesses work. That is pure like emergency services type stuff. So if that's you, then maybe, maybe just this once, I'll let you off building out huge content sections. But for everyone else, this is killer. So how do you do it? Well, the first thing we want to do is break your audience into sub-audiences, okay? Break your audience into sub-audiences because every business has audiences that are interested in slightly different things. So let's do an example. Uh, I've got a baby toy here. So let's imagine that you're marketing a company selling baby toys. Now, we want to get in front of everyone who might be about to buy baby toys or is going to buy baby toys at some point in the next X months. So we might break this baby toy audience into sub-audiences. Uh, maybe the first audience is expectant parents, okay? They know they've got a baby coming, they're going to be buying some toys, they might be buying some toys in preparation. Uh, the second audience might be new parents, so they've got a baby, they're now going to be buying toys for the next however many years. And then let's say the third sub-audience is friends and family of new parents, they're going to be buying gifts for these new parents and the babies, right? So we've got these three audiences. We basically need to get on the radars of each of these sub-audiences by showing up for the questions that they're asking on Google, the stuff that they're searching, and the stuff that they're sharing on social media. So how do we do that? Well, each of those sub-audiences is going to have different topic categories that they're interested in, right? New parents are going to be interested in different stuff to expected parents, uh, and expectant parents are going to be interested in different stuff to families and friends of, of parents who are going to be buying gifts. So. For each of these audiences, we need to think about the topic categories that they're going to be interested in. So let's take expectant parents as an example. Expectant parents are going to be interested in stuff like uh, the stuff that you need before your baby arrives. Like, so the shopping list and the plans for what you're going to do for the room and stuff like that. They're going to be interested in stuff like how to prepare for the baby's birth, like tips for the actual birth. Uh, they might be interested in stuff like how to deal with the tricky stuff that's going to arise, like no sleep and being covered in sick all the time. So we've got these kind of Sub these topic categories, if you like, that each of your audience is going to be interested in. So you need to break these down. From there, you're then going to break down each of these topic categories into specific subtopics. So let's say that, you know, we've got expectant parents, they're going to be interested in, one of the things they'll be interested in is like tips for the baby's birth. Well, we can break that down into topics like how to have a home birth, uh, water birth versus bed birth, or cesareans versus natural birth. I hate that terminology, but you know, that's the sort of stuff that people are looking for if they're expectant parents, and so on and so on and so on. So you can see if we go back to the top level, what we've done is we've chunked our audience into sub-audiences. We've then identified the topic categories that each audience is interested in. So the, the big kind of uh, the top level stuff. So if you're interested in cooking, for example, you might be interested in how to cook fish, how to cook beef, how to cook chicken, how to cook salads. That's my cooking knowledge. 
Um, so you've got these big topic categories and then under each of those, you've got loads of individual topics. So when you start breaking this down, if you spent like 30 minutes doing this, you'll realize that the challenge is not coming up with topics to write about. The challenge is actually, how do you filter through? How do you prioritize for the hundreds, if not thousands, of possible topics that you could be writing about. So how do you prioritize? Because unless you're a huge company with massive monster marketing resource to be able to put budget into writing literally thousands, tens, or even hundreds of thousands of articles, you're going to have to prioritize. Well, how I would suggest you prioritize is start with the sub audiences, the topic categories and the topics that are most likely to lead to money for you, okay? Most likely to lead to money for you. So if it's the baby toy company, for example, I would be writing, I would be prioritizing the writing about topics like how to prepare your child's nursery or things that you need before your baby arrives, because those are the things I'm gonna be able to add my products to. So you're gonna need, you know, whatever this type of toy or that type of toy. And by the way, you can click here to purchase it. So the closer you make your topics to the purchase area of the, of the buyer journey of the marketing funnel, the more you're gonna convert those visitors into sales, right? Does that make sense? So if you're going to prioritize, start with the stuff that's going to most quickly lead to money for you. So in other words, if you're doing masterclass, don't start with how many teaspoons in a tablespoon, because that's quite a long way from I'm ready to buy a course. Start with something like how to write a book, because that is someone who is a bit more invested. They're actually looking for more detailed information. They're not just looking for an answer. Oh, it's 2.3. They're looking for, here's some expertise about how to write a book. Here's the process that you might want to go through. Oh, and by the way, we've got courses on how to write. Wouldn't that be interesting to you? Okay, so that's how you do this. That's the kind of process that you go through. I said earlier, let's look at how Masterclass could make this better and how you would take this to the next level if you were implementing it. So how would they do this? Well, if we think about the teaspoons in a tablespoon article, for example, let's get in the mindset of someone searching that topic. Let's imagine the entire audience that's gonna be searching for that topic, right? They're people who are making a recipe at home and they've got their phone open and it says teaspoon and they're like, what teaspoon, tablespoon? I don't know which one this is. So they go onto Google and they type teaspoon versus tablespoon. Now, typically we'd expect between 0.25 and 0.5% of those people to be upsellable into a course relatively quickly. I, they go on that masterclass page, they're like, oh yeah, teaspoon, tablespoon, the answer's 2.3 or whatever it is. Oh, cooking course, yeah, that looks kind of interesting. Boom, and off they go. So that's gonna be a pretty low conversion rate, right? It's gonna be less than 1%, normally less than 0.5%. Now it's okay, they've got 200,000 visitors coming to that page per month in the US alone, and they're paying nothing for any of those visitors. So it's not the end of the world, but there might be another 2% who could be persuaded to buy a course over time if we're running the remarketing and the retargeting ads to them. We might be able to persuade them to sign up eventually if we spend enough money on Facebook and Instagram advertising to these people to get them to sign up because we know that they're interested in cooking, right? So we've got the initial, whatever, 0 0.25, 0 0.5%, pretty low conversion group of people who will immediately sign up. Then we've got a, another small group of people who will be able to be upsold into a course over time. I don't know what Masterclass's numbers are, but you know, 2% of an entire audience like that wouldn't be a bad result. So what do you do with the rest of the 97.75% of the people that are coming to that page? Are they just dead to you? Is there nothing else that we can do? Well, I would like them to go a little bit harder with what we'd call the low commitment CTA or the non-purchase CTA, the non-purchase call to action. Now, Masterclass does actually have another call to action on that page, which is try some of our classes, enter your email and we'll send you samples of our favorite classes. But that's rubbish, isn't it? I've just clicked on an article, how many teaspoons in a tablespoon, right? And then it says, try some of our classes, enter your email, we'll send you some examples of our favorite classes. Examples of your favorite classes, what does that have to do with me? <laughs> right? They've got another article on their site, how to write urban fantasy 
Tips on how to write urban fantasy. Right, so let's imagine that the non-purchase call to action on that page was something like, they've got a course from Neil Gaiman, right, who I gather is a fantasy writer. Let's say that when you went on the how to write urban fantasy page, there was a call to action that said, download our fantasy writing tip sheet featuring Neil Gaiman's best tips or something like that, or see Neil Gaiman's top fantasy writing tips in this short video, fill in your email. Well, something like that, because it is so directly relevant to the topic, we would expect to get a much higher conversion rate, perhaps towards three to 5%. We've had downloadables convert at 10% on really cold traffic. So it depends on the intent of the audience and how good that CTA is, but you could get a much higher conversion rate from that, which means that because it's a low commitment CTA, high perceived value, now you've got the visitor's email address, you can run a much more targeted, what we'd call an indoctrination sequence, to explain the benefits and try and sell them onto one specific course based on the tip sheet that they've downloaded. You can explain Masterclass and how it works and all that type of stuff. So we've gone from immediately converting maybe 2.5 to 5, uh, sorry, 2.5 to 0.5% with another maybe 2% that we have to pay to advertise to over time to get them on. But then we've added maybe three, five, even as high as 10%, which we can sell to over time for free through our email marketing to get them onto the course. So it completely changes the value of these pages. It completely changes the value of this whole content strategy by being focused on offering low commitment CTAs as well as your high commitment CTAs. So there you have it. That is Masterclass's $7 million SEO strategy. And $7 million is per month and US only, by the way. So yeah, do the maths. It's a lot. It's sick. It's great. It's really well implemented, executed. Love it. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Like I said, go and check us out on YouTube. We're blowing up all over the place there. It's freaking awesome. We love it. Um, <laughs> go and subscribe to us because we love watching our subscriber count go up. We're not really blowing up, but it's, it's doing all right, right? It's keeping us interested. <laughs> so go and check that out as well. Go and request your free marketing review if you haven't already. Did I say subscribe to the podcast? I'm sure I did. Subscribe if you haven't already and I will see you next week.